Hi there, this is Cheryl Richardson. It's me <laughs> here for our weekly Facebook Live. It's, um, it's a beautiful sunset here in Massachusetts after a whole lot of rain earlier today. Nothing like what the people in North and South Carolina have received, but boy, we had a lot of rain here today. There was flooding and, um, but again, nothing like nothing like those of you down south. And um, I hope that you're safe and that you're okay. Um, I know there's a lot of a lot of cleanup that has to go on. I've spoken to some friends down in that area who say there's just it's just a mess. Um, so anyway, I send blessings and lots of good um, good love, <laughs> lots of healing love to you, those of you that are there. Um, welcome everybody. Let me say hi to a few people. Hi Terry, I'm glad you're here. And Sitara, welcome. And Sheila and Teresa. Hi Sarah, Julie from um, Hudson Valley, New York. Yes, beautiful Hudson Valley. Um, Sheila, welcome. And Melody, welcome from LA. Glad that you're here. So yeah, you can feel free to post and just tell me where you're from. Um, let's see, Zuzana. Um, hi there. I, I don't know if I'm saying that right. I hope I am. And Eva Karen from Sweden. Welcome to you. Sue from New Zealand. And um, hi, Donna. I'm glad you're here too. That was a sweet message I got from you. Um, yeah, prayers for those affected by the hurricane for sure. I mean, I feel like we need prayers for a lot of people all over the place, right? Um, hi, Diane from Seattle. And um, Asina from New Zealand, from the future in New Zealand. Yes, the future. Tell me, how's the future over there? <laughs> What's our future going to be like tomorrow? I hope it's a little better than today. Um, yeah, life is good today, she says, and it's spreading. Awesome. Annette from Australia, welcome. With a drought there, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could send, send rain where we need it and dry weather where we need it? Um, hi, James. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, you're online with me at the same time. It's good to see you too. Um, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. James says that he had to put his cat to sleep on Friday. So I'm glad to see you online. Yeah. Oh, sweetheart. I'm so sorry. I wish there was, um, I wish there was, I always say this, I wish there was something I could say to just take the pain away. And um, there isn't. And when we lose a being that we love, whether it's a human being or a furry being, it's just heartbreaking. And um, I'm going to put you in my prayer book. Let me get it out here. My red book, my prayer book. And James, you're going in there. And um, I'll be thinking about you. Um, there's a wonderful book that I'm reading. Um, ugh, it's something, something, the edge of sorrow. I'm, I'll post it here, James, afterwards. It is a fantastic book on grief and loss. Um, it's like the, the dark edge of sorrow, something like that. As a matter of fact, Terry, if you could look it up for me. I know it has edge of sorrow in it, and then post it in the comments, and I'll, I'll, I'll mention it. That would be terrific. Um, hi, Pia from San Diego. Welcome to you, and welcome Janice from Louisiana, Patty from Toronto and um, Deborah from Michigan, Denise from Australia, lots of people in Australia. I wish you guys lived closer, you gals. I would just hop on a plane and come see you. It's just such a long way. Hi, Lynn from Florida and uh, Carol from California. 
and Sarah from Alberta, Alberta, Canada. Yeah, I see the hearts. <laughs> I listen. I would love to go to Australia. I mean, I've you know I've been there um, a couple of times now, and you people are some of the loveliest people, and uh, I just wish it wasn't so far. But you never know. You just never know. I always say, never say never, right? Um, all right. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, people are doing wonderful work, Julie, um, in terms of the animals as well in the hurricane. It is heartbreaking. And there's so many people that are doing good work and are supporting shelters and saving animals. Um, so hard to make sense out of it, isn't it? There's just, there is no sense to be made out of the pain in the world. I, the only thing I can say, I was thinking, thinking this, James, when um, I saw your post about having to put your cat to sleep. The only thing I can think is that, uh, the only thing I tell myself is that um, grief and loss uh, makes us stronger and more open-hearted and vulnerable. And um, that's a good thing. And it teaches us to be resilient. You know, how do we keep our hearts open and be vulnerable while at the same time protecting ourselves and, and getting through life? That's the challenge, right? So the way, we, the way we learn anything is by going through it. And, um, and yeah, that's, that's what we're all challenged with at different times in our life. So um, yeah, welcome everybody. I'm glad you're here. Um, I wanna talk about, um, this is gonna be, this Facebook Live is gonna be about 30 minutes because I'm going to have dinner with my, one of my nephews who just started college and I'm so excited that he's going to UNH, the University of New Hampshire, which is only 30 minutes from me. So. Um, I get to spend more time with him than I did when he was at home. So uh, Michael and I are going to go have dinner with him. But I wanted to talk about, I found out earlier today that uh, somebody who was a really important teacher in my life uh, passed away this past week. And um, his name was Robert Johnson. Some of you might be familiar with him. He wrote the book He and She, as well as others. He also co-wrote a book with um, Jerry Rule. Uh, that is one of my all-time favorite books. And I don't say that a lot. I mean, I love books and I've read a lot of books. And um, this is a book I've read multiple times. And if you were to look at it, you'd see, you know, underlines everywhere and pages turned down. And um, it's called Balancing Heaven and Earth, Robert A. Johnson and Jerry Rule, Jerry M. Rule. It's a beautifully written book that Jerry wrote um, with Robert. And Robert passed away, I think it was last Wednesday, at the age of 97. He lived a very full life, uh, was a very wise man, and, um, and he, uh, I learned a lot about, you know, he was a Jungian analyst and um, a big believer in what he called the slender threads that lead us through life. And um, so when I found out he passed, you know, I was grateful that he got to live a very full, long, big, full life. And um, also just very appreciative of who he was. Um, and this book in particular, which has traveled with me, was in Australia with me, it's been on boats with me. And um, it was given to me by a dear friend of mine years ago, before I wrote The Unmistakable Touch of Grace. And uh, Balancing Heaven and Earth, this, the, the um, subtitle is a memoir of visions, dreams, and realizations. And it's really, it's, an, it's a biography, it's an autobiography or a, um, 
a memoir, yeah, a memoir, the story of Robert's life and his his relationship with grace is what I'm going to say. And um, so I was visiting a good friend of mine right around the time that I was trying to decide what I was going to write next. And I was wanting to write about grace, but I wasn't sure how I was going to do it. And Max said to me, um, oh, it's funny you mentioned grace. She said, I just picked up a book today that, um, that uh, I think you might find interesting because based on everything you're saying to me, it sounds like, um, it sounds like this book is really speaking to what you're talking about. And she took out the book and she read the first paragraph of the first chapter to me, which I'm going to read to you. Um, actually, it's the, it's the prologue. And it's called Slender Threads. And she read this paragraph to me. And as soon as she finished, I knew I was supposed to move forward with this book. I felt like um, Jerry captured in this first paragraph exactly what it was I wanted to write about in terms of how there is a force of energy um, in the unmistakable grace. I refer to it as grace. You might refer to it as energy or God or uh, life force or the universe. Um, uh, I refer to it as grace. I think of it as a universal energy available to us all, regardless of your religious or spiritual beliefs. And um, it's, a, it's a force of energy that guides and directs our lives. It's what we're made of. It's what we all swim in. It's, um, it's the energy that connects us and that communicates with us on a regular basis, whether we're listening or not. And um, anyway, I wanna read you the first paragraph of the prologue. And, um, and then I wanna talk a little bit about grace. And James, I'm gonna try and work you into this, my dear, as you deal with grief and loss. So this was the paragraph that Max read me. It is an audacious notion to put forth in this age of science and willful determination that one's existence is somehow inspired guided and even managed by unseen forces outside our control. Whether called fate, destiny, or the hand of God, slender threads are at work bringing coherence and continuity to our lives. Over time, they weave a remarkable tapestry. Now, when Max read that paragraph to me, let me read it again. I'm gonna read it again. It's so worth reading again. Let's see if I can do it without my glasses. It is an audacious notion to put forth in this age of science and willful determination that one's existence is somehow inspired, guided, and even managed by unseen forces outside our control. Whether called fate, destiny, or the hand of God, slender threads are at work, bringing coherence and continuity to our lives. Over time, they weave a remarkable tapestry. So when Max read me that paragraph, what she did was really capture for me exactly what it was I felt called to write about in terms of how grace had influenced my life, how there was this energy that was guiding us and leading us, uh, and that often what got in the way of us heading in the direction that we were meant to head in was our own minds, our own personalities, our ego, um, the personality, the, the personality get, that gets constructed, I talk about this a lot, that's constructed from a very young age, often in defense of this crazy world that we live in. And 
of course, right now with the world as crazy as it is, our defenses, our guardedness, um, our cynicism is uh, right in the forefront for a lot of us because we feel so unsafe and rattled and anxious. And so um, believing that there is this force of energy at work in the world that cares about you, that supports you, and um, that guides you is an audacious act. And yet, when I went back over 45 years of journals that I had kept, I could see these slender threads that had been woven in and out of my life, or woven through my life, I should say, that was leading me to the relationships I experienced, the work that I did in the world, the, um, the way in which I handled challenges I was faced with, the doors that this energy opened and the doors that this energy closed. Um, James, I think about Poupon, that the loss of my cat as an as a example where um, as horrible as it was to lose him, and it's still horrible, uh, the last 10 months of the grieving period has also, what, what I've really seen is that the closing of that door of our physical relationship was the opening of another door, which was not only a, a stronger energetic connection to him, a spiritual connection to him, but a, um, an opportunity for me to grow and evolve and sort of look at that relationship and uh, what he had come here to teach me. And, you know, that's what grace does. That's what the slender threads, threads do. If we can be open, especially during challenging times when we're scared, when we're, um, when we're, can you hear the birds? <laughs> there's one, uh, there's one little yellow finch that's just sitting on top of the feeder singing. Um, I hope you can hear her. Yeah, it's a her. Um, when we're really faced with loss, when we're faced with challenges, when we're faced with being at a crossroads or not sure of what's next, one of the hardest things to do is to just relax into it, to let go of control and allow ourselves to be led. Because naturally what happens is the ego kicks in and says, I've got to jump in and do something here. I've got to take charge. I've got to make things happen. I've got to figure this out. I have to stay safe. Um, I have to, you know, I have to know what's going on so that I feel safe. Um, but there's a certain cultivation of openness that we need to engage with that allows us to, um, to see the slender threads that are operating in our lives. You know, that's what the unmistakable touch of grace was. I went back and I looked at my life through the lens of grace and I could see why things happened the way they did. It's the same thing with the last book that I wrote, Waking Up in Winter, which was another, which was a memoir. The Unmistakable Touch of Grace was kind of like a spiritual memoir. This one was really, because I went back and looked at a journal I had kept two years prior, I was able to see, to gain a perspective of my life that I just, that we just can't have sometimes when we're in it. And especially when we're in it, during challenging times. I always say, you know, if we could rise above our life and look down on ourselves right now in this moment and seeing what's going on, if we could rise above and see both behind us and ahead of us, we would understand exactly why what's happening right now is happening, but we can't. You know, that's the challenge of being human beings in this physical existence. We really are left here to develop faith 
and to develop a relationship with grace or with these slender threads, to develop perspective, to be able to, at least from wherever we are, go back and look and say, okay, I've been through hard times before. James, I know you've been through very difficult times and you got through it and you came out stronger and you came out more alive and more awake and more able to be of service to people. And so I think sometimes the greatest gift we give to those who have left us, um, those beings, is to really use that loss as a way of opening ourselves up more and awakening more. And um, that's what happens. So right now, whether you realize it or not, you are under the influence of grace. <laughs> How's that for a phrase? Under the influence of grace. Now that's a drug you ought to be under the influence of. Under the influence of grace. Um, and in, I find for me, I'll just speak for myself, one of the ways that I identify, one of the ways I, I feel like I work in partnership with grace is by deciding that whatever I'm faced with, especially during challenging times, I'm going to use it as, um, I'm going to use it as a way to uh, grow and evolve. I'm going to use it as a lesson. You know, I remember when I was doing Oprah, uh, the Oprah show years ago, we talked a lot about life as a schoolroom and how everything that happens brings you an opportunity for growth and evolution, to understand yourself better, to deepen your own uh, beliefs in an energy greater than you. I mean, geez, if you don't believe it, if we don't cultivate that in some way, I don't know how we get through this crazy ride called life here on planet earth which is a harsh place to be and i'm still you know my own belief in in grace in in energy in the divine in god is always growing and evolving it's been growing and evolving my whole life so stopping where you are right now and noticing whatever challenge you might be faced with and simply saying out loud i am open and receptive to the power of grace in my life right now. And I wanna see clear examples of how this energy is operating in my life. I think that's really important. Um, I've done that for a long time. I have said to God, to life, to the universe, it's hard being here. And I want evidence that you're working with me, that there's this power working with me. And so claiming that you're open to the influence of this energy and then um, asking specifically for signs. Whether you believe or not, you could think I am full of BS. That, you know, you, you know, you might be flipping onto Facebook Live right now thinking, who is this woman talking about race or divine energy or the fact that our lives might be led by slender threads? Like, are you kidding me? My life sucks right now. I don't see any evidence of that. I totally get it because I've been there and I will be there again. But the reality is, we don't have to work hard to earn a grace-influenced life. We don't have to be deserving. We don't have to be worthy enough. It's your birthright. It exists all around us. And we, when we can relax into this energy that we are all made of and that exists all around us, then we can start to flow with it. Thank you, Terry. Um, yes, the book, um, Yes, The Wild Edge of Sorrow. James is the book I want you to order. Rituals of Renewal and uh, The Sacred Work of Grief. I would recommend that book to everybody. It's beautifully written. This guy knows what he's talking about. Um, it's a really, it's just a beautiful book. 
And I would say it's a book that shows you how some of our deepest challenges provide us with our greatest gifts. And um, anyway, I just want to say, if you don't believe me, if you think I'm full of crap, <laughs> when we finish this Facebook Live, close your eyes and sit quietly and just simply say out loud, I am open to the power of grace. And I ask to be show, shown signs that this energy is operating in my life. Just like that. I am open to the power of grace and I ask to be shown clear examples and then pay attention. Pay close attention to the signs that you might get. Um, the email that comes in that tells you something you need to know, the phone call that you receive from somebody who wants to talk about something that's been on your mind, the gut instinct you get when you're, I don't know, standing, going for a walk in your neighborhood and something inside tells you, oh, I need to do, this is the next step for me. Like just trust whether you're feeling it, hearing it, seeing it, um, imagine, thinking that you're imagining it, whatever it might be, just trust, trust the, um, trust the sign and act on it. And then that's how we, that's how we build our faith. Really. That's how we build our faith. That's how we build. Let me say it this way. That's how we build a relationship with this energy, this divine energy that is a part of all of us. We build an ongoing relationship with that energy by engaging it and by noticing when it's around and by noticing when it gives us signs. All right. Let me look at some of your, um, let me look at some of your, uh, posts here. If you have any comments, I would be happy, to, I mean, any questions, I would be happy to do my best to provide you with some, um, some coaching, if I may, before I finish up. Jasmine says, oh yes, Robert Johnson, I read three of his books when I was a teenager. Yeah. Well, Jasmine, read them again now. You'd be surprised at how it might, um, uh, it might speak to you in a whole new way. I know it has for me. Uh, let's see. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for being here with me. Uh, I really appreciate it. Yes, James, I'm sending you lots of love. That's where I was today. I was going and going and going, James says. Then today I just sat down and decided to just sit and feel good. After a few tears, I picked up my phone and it said, Cheryl Richardson is online. Yeah, there's grace for you. <laughs> and, you know, that's what we need to do. We need to, um, we need to be will willing to feel the pain. That's the only way you deal with grief is you've got to feel the pain. And, you know, I always say this, the, the beings that we love and lose are worthy of our grief. <laughs> Coupon is worthy of my grief. My dad is worthy of my grief. And in grieving, we connect ourselves with their energy in a more powerful way, I believe. Um, let's see. Yeah. Great, Corey. I'm glad to see your coaching work is centered on helping people to learn how to do this for themselves. Um, thank you, Janice. I'm glad you liked waking up in winter. I appreciate that. Um, oh, thanks, Leanne. I appreciate you, sweetheart. Uh, so let's see. Um, <laughs> Sally says, I did this after reading your book and had really spooky things happen. I hope those are good spooky things. They usually are. Um, yes, the book is The Unmistakable Touch of Grace. It, I think it was my fourth book. You can find it on Amazon, The Unmistakable Touch of Grace. Um, and I will, uh, uh, that and also Balancing Heaven and Earth, which is the book I was talking about when we started by Jerry Rule and Robert Johnson. I'll post these in the, in the post when we're done. Hey, Jerry, good to see you too. Um, yeah. Uh, 
So Carrie says that she could really use the book on grief. It's going to really help you, sweetheart, I promise. Um, yeah, it is time to heal. You can run, but you can't hide. Grief always hangs around, unfortunately. Um, yes, Valeria. There is, a, there is a power. Start connecting with it. It will show you. Um, so Deborah says, I just wrapped up a 30-year career in corporate America. Any good book recommendations on designing my retirement in phase two? Yeah, you know, Deborah, I'm gonna, um, I don't usually do this, but I am going to say that I'm going to recommend Waking Up in Winter if you haven't read it. And here's why. Because what I wouldn't want you to do if you just wrapped up 30 years is to rush out and try and design anything. Um, Waking Up in Winter is a memoir about learning to live in limbo in the in-between places where we allow one stage of our lives to complete and we sit with not knowing what's next long enough for the soul to begin communicating with us and letting us know what what it would like to see for us right the deepest part of us because we're not our personalities we are the being behind this talking person right now i may look like cheryl richardson and be talking like her but there is a wise higher being using my personality to communicate. And um, the more you can sit with space and get comfortable with that zone of in-between, uh, Deborah, the better the chances are that this next stage of your life will be created from the inside out from a deep place. And as a result, you're going to really love it. I promise you, you're going to really love it. So that is a book I'd recommend. I'll post it, of course. Um, Owen says, I was recently rereading your book, How Are Your Hands? I hope you were able to get the arthritis treated. My hands are good. I mean, you know, you can see the arthritis in them. My dad had this. I think of my dad when I look at my hands, and that's a nice thing now. Um, and yeah, they're so much better, um, and primarily because of a very, very low inflammatory diet, you know, a non-inflammatory diet. It makes all the difference in the world. Um, oh, and I had food allergy testing done, found out the foods that I was really allergic to, eliminated them from my diet for a couple of months. And it was shocking to me how much better my whole body felt as a result of um, uh, getting the inflammation out. Food really is medicine. It really is. Thank you for asking. Um, and that says, um, hi, Cheryl, abundance has been stagnant lately. How do I survive financially in a more abundant way? Well, let's take, so we're looking at survive and abundance, you know, um, sometimes, and I mean, there's the basics and that of sometimes you just have to get a job, right? Or you need to work uh, two jobs in order to get the bills paid while you figure out what's next. I mean, I don't know your specific situation. Um, abundance is all around us. What's, what gets stagnant is our thinking, right? When I didn't have a lot of money, and I didn't have a lot of money for a lot of years. Every single time I would go to my checkbook, I would, I would focus on the depletion of my checkbook. Oh, I'm running out of money. The balance is going down. My thinking was stagnant. Now, I understand how that happens. I was scared out of my mind. I didn't know how I was going to pay rent. And I've been in those places throughout my life. And so it's really hard to think abundantly when you don't know how you're going to pay your rent. Um, that said, I had to do things like go out and get another job. Um, I had to do the practical things, stop spending money, like just live well within my means. And as I began to do that, it helped to upgrade my thinking. In addition to affirming the universe is an abundant place and that, that, that's ready to, um, to just 
hand you what you need. We just have to be receivers of that. We have to be um, abundant thinking. You know what I would do too, Annette, is I would go to YouTube. Um, Terry, maybe we can post this link too. Um, uh, first of all, I would just, Terry, don't worry about this part, but Annette, I would go onto YouTube and I would uh, search for um, Esther Hicks and abundance. I just, I love her work, Abraham. Everything she says about abundance, I think is really smart. Um, I wrote a, a newsletter, Terry, the newsletter that I did a couple of weeks ago about um, everything is always working out for me. If we could post a link to that. It's got a link to a really great video in it. And that I would do everything I can to flood my mind with abundant thinking. Um, as a matter of fact, and that if you send an email to Lisa at CherylRichardson.com, I'm going to send you, um, I'm going to send you my daily affirmation cards and I want you to pull out all the cards about abundance. And I just want, I want one on the bathroom mirror. I want one on your, the dashboard of your car, like wherever you put one in your wallet, like, Wherever you're going to see it on a regular basis, let's start filling your head with some of these abundant thoughts and um, send your address to Lisa. Just tell her that you and I talked. I'll let her know that Annette's going to be writing to her and um, I'll send you that. Start flooding. We need to surround ourselves with abundant thoughts even when we don't believe it. That's how we start installing new programs, but we can't just... We can't just sit in a room going, oh, I think abundantly the universe is going to send me whatever I need. It doesn't work that way. We're in a physical planet. So we affirm what we want, but then we take action and we get support. You might need support about money. Um, you might need support about finding work that pays more. Um, reach out for help. You know, when we're struggling and we're scared, oftentimes the last thing we think about is reaching out for help. But you're here. You came on my Facebook Live, you posted, so some part of you is wise enough to know that it's a good idea to say, I need help, and I'm glad you asked. And I hope that my, um, I hope that my answers are, are helpful to you, and we'll get you some good thinking, good thinking thoughts for sure. All right, let's see. Um, uh, I'm just scrolling through here. Um, Yes, um, yes, <laughs> you guys are so great. Yes, oh, and I was upset in the book. I'm not upset anymore. I was scared in the book about my hands, he's saying. Um, oh, Sheila, I hope you like the book. Um, you can, uh, how can I write my feelings about the book? I would appreciate it if you loved the book. Um, you know, if you want to leave a review on Amazon, that would be wonderful. I'd appreciate that because they really do matter. Um, Let's see. All right. Yeah, I'm a money magnet. That's a great, that's a really good um, affirmation to be saying over and over and over again. All right. I'm trying to look at your questions. Okay. And I see the time I've got to get going anyway. All right. So Grace, it's here right now. It wants to support you. It's working in your life, whether you see it or not. So remember, when we finish this Facebook Live, I want you to just sit. I'm going to do the same thing. Close my eyes. I'm open to the power of grace. And I ask to be shown very clear examples of how this energy is operating in my life. That's what I want you to say. Because we need evidence. And we don't need, you know, vague evidence. We need specific evidence. And the energy of grace is powerful enough to give you just that. And it will. 
So I will post in just a few minutes all of the resources that I mentioned during this Facebook Live. I hope it's helpful to you. I hope it connects you somehow to, um, to me, to all of us, all of us together. And um, James, let's all flood James with some love if we could for the loss of his cat. Um, yeah, let's just send him a bunch of hearts. I don't think I can do that, James. Can I? Let's see if I can do that. No, I can only post a comment, but yeah, let's flood him with some hearts. Um, send him lots of love. And I send all of you lots of love. Thank you for being here with me. I'll look forward to the next one. And um, God bless Robert Johnson too. I just want to say that God bless his soul. May he go on to a better life. He had a pretty good one here and may he have an even better one beyond here. All right, everybody. Thank you. Have a great week. Bye.